Well, good morning. Is this on? Yep, great. Uh, well, my name is Tony. I'm glad that you're able to join us this morning, uh, particularly if you're coming back after our three-part series over Easter, uh, or if you're visiting us uh, today while you're on your long weekend. Uh, this morning, we'll be concluding our three-part series uh, on Life Comes Through, and today we'll see what difference Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday makes as we consider a life that is transformed by Jesus' death and resurrection. At the end of my talk, there'll be an opportunity to respond if you feel that God wants you to personally accept his gift of a transformed life. Fake it till you make it. Have you heard this expression before? In dating, you might be on your best behavior so you can impress your partner. When making new work connections, you might exaggerate how much responsibility you have. On social media, you might apply a filter to make things look nicer than they actually are. I reckon that uh, faking it till you make it is common when it comes to applying for jobs. For every advertised position, there's dozens of applicants. And so when you put together a resume, there's that temptation to fake it till you make it, particularly if you're desperate for that job. You probably wouldn't outright lie on your uh, resume, but you might stretch the truth. You might puff yourself up. You might exaggerate your experience and your skills to, to make yourself look better. You know, you want to be considered worthy and acceptable for the role. You want to show the boss why you are better than anyone else for this. After all, they hold the fate of your future in their hands. This makes me wonder, though. If we desperately, wanted, if we desperately want to be accepted for a job that might only last a few years, then why aren't we more desperate to be accepted by God who determines our eternal future? We'll eventually retire from working, and many of us have, but there's still that final application to fill in right at the end of our lives, whenever that may be. Are we equally desperate to be accepted into heaven, or are we apathetically strolling towards judgment and hell? The Bible says that God is the ultimate boss of the universe. He's the one in charge of all things because, well, he made everything. This means that he's also the boss of me, and of you, even if you don't acknowledge it. Unlike human bosses who ultimately care about themselves, God is kind, compassionate, and patient. He genuinely looks out for you and cares for you because he loves you. God is a boss that you'd want to have because he's impartial when making decisions and he's not swayed by irrational emotions. So when he decides who is acceptable and worthy of entry into heaven and who isn't, you know that it will be a fair call. Wherever God ends up sending you, it will be the right and just decision. When you go to meet God at the end of your life, you'll need to show him your life's resume and explain why you are worthy of acceptance into heaven. And so it better be the best resume that you've put together. What would you include in this resume? What would you say to God to offer you a position in his kingdom? How confident would you feel about being accepted? I want to tell you a story from the Bible about someone who had an impressive resume that they thought would make them acceptable to God. 2,000 years ago, a historian named Luke wrote a biography of the life of Jesus. In this, bio in this biography, Luke tells us about a group of religious leaders known as the Pharisees. They were the religious heroes of the day. 
They believed that they had the credentials to be accepted by God and considered themselves righteous. They did all the religious activities required by the Jewish people. They obeyed all the Jewish laws right down to the tiniest details. They were the model citizens that the ordinary Jew aspired to be like because they had the best possible resume to get into heaven. But the Pharisees strongly opposed Jesus because he taught an alternative way of becoming acceptable to God. In our reading from the Bible today in Luke 18, Jesus knew that there were people listening to him that felt that they were good enough to be accepted by God. Jesus addresses those, like the Pharisees, who were confident in their own righteousness, who looked down on everyone else. He told them this story. Sentence 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. There's two characters in this story, a tax collector and a Pharisee. We meet the Pharisee first, who went to the temple to pray, to talk to God. Sentence 11. The Pharisee stood by himself, as if to to keep a distance from others who aren't as righteous as he is. And he prayed confidently, proudly, and he presents his impressive resume to God. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. He uses the tax collector as a pseudo-referee for his resume. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all that I get. The Pharisee tells God that he goes above and beyond his religious duty. He does more fasting than is required twice a week. And he gives a tenth of everything, not just the things that are required by law. The Pharisee is confident in himself and feels that God will accept him based on his credentials. Now, we may feel that this prayer is a little arrogant, a bit egotistical, self-righteous. We feel uncomfortable, don't we? And so we're tempted to dismiss it and think that we'll never pray anything like this. But to the Jewish listener of the day, of the day they, they'd be impressed with this Pharisee and with this prayer. For the Jews, being religious on the outside was a measure of inner righteousness. This prayer is a prayer that they want to pray for themselves because it shows God that they have it all together, that they're pleasing to him. The life resume that the Pharisee presents to God is the kind of resume that you want to have, to have any chance of getting into heaven. What about the tax collector? Is his resume anywhere near as impressive? Well, tax collectors of the day would not only take money from their own people, but would take extra for themselves, skim a bit off the top. What's worse, though, is that they willingly worked for their enemies, the Romans, the oppressive overlords of the Jews, and would give them the money. This tax collector is definitely not someone you would consider righteous. He has a terrible resume. Even if he tries to bend the truth in his resume, no amount of truth-bending will salvage his credentials or lack thereof. There's no reason why God would accept him into heaven. Jesus continues his story, sentence 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. He doesn't feel that he deserves to be close to God. He doesn't even have the guts to look up to heaven because he's so ashamed. And he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. He calls out to God to go easy on him. 
Because he has nothing that makes him acceptable to God. He's not only betrayed his own people, but he's sinned. He's rebelled against God by rejecting him as the boss of his life. And he, he doesn't even offer God a, a solution on how he's going to make up for all his wrongs, how he's going to make it right. He just gives up. He cries out for mercy. He begs for God's forgiveness. Now, if you're God and you hear both of these prayers, who would you accept? Which one would you allow into heaven? Well, it wouldn't be the tax collector. It doesn't matter how sorry he feels. It doesn't make up for all the bad things that he's done. Saying sorry is not enough because it doesn't deal with the problem of evil against God and others. He at least needs to try to make up for it because he's the bad guy. But the Pharisee, well, he's the good guy, isn't he? He's worked hard all his life. He's avoided doing the bad things. He's done lots of good things, and he's even gone above and beyond his call of duty. His resume is impressive with all the right credentials. Sure, he's not perfect, but at least he's tried his best. And that's what God really cares about, isn't it? That you try your best. And so who will God accept? Sentence 14. I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, the Pharisee, went home justified before God. Wait a minute. Justified before God means that God declares you righteous and acceptable. So Jesus is saying that the tax collector is declared righteous by God and not the Pharisee. God accepts the one with the inferior resume and rejects the one with the superior one. How, how, can, how can God accept someone as bad as this tax collector and reject someone as good as this Pharisee? This Pharisee did everything right. He's not like evil people and he's done all the religious stuff to please God and more. And yet, God rejects him. Why? The final twist in the story comes in Jesus' last sentence. For all those who exalt themselves, those who lift themselves up, will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted, lifted up. The Pharisee exalts himself and feels proud of his achievements. He thought his resume could get him across the line. But instead, God rejects him and humbles him. On the other hand, the tax collector humbles himself. He recognizes that he has nothing of worth that could contribute into his entry into heaven. He humbles himself and begs for mercy and forgiveness. And you know what? God exalts him. God lifts him up. Now that is a surprising twist, isn't it? God rejects the person with the best resume. Think back to what you thought you would include in your life's resume. Would you include all the best bits of your life? Would you try to exalt yourself and stretch the truth to make yourself look better? Would you compare yourself to those who are less deserving than you? Would you try to make it? Would you try to fake it till you make it? Even if you included all the good things that you've done, your life's resume would be nowhere near as good as the Pharisees. And yet, God rejects. How confident 
are you in your life's resume? How confident are you that God will accept you on that last day if it doesn't seem to depend on how good your life is? If you feel confident in your own righteousness and you feel that you are good enough for God to accept you, like this Pharisee, then I strongly encourage you to hear Jesus' words. Your attitude is the same as that of the Pharisee. You are relying on your own credentials because you are confident in your life's resume. You are exalting yourself. God takes sin seriously, and you can't appeal to the good things that you've done. No matter how much you try to cover up all the bad bits of your life and to bend the truth to make yourself better than you are, any speck of sin makes you unworthy and unacceptable to God. The Pharisee thought that he wasn't a sinner like the robbers, the evildoers, and the adulterers. And maybe you don't think that you're a sinner either. But Jesus had taught that what you did or didn't do on the outside wasn't a reflection of what was going on inside your heart. Jesus said that if you've ever envied anyone, then you're just as guilty as the robber who acts on that envy. If you've ever been unjust and walked past a needy person without helping, then you're just as guilty as the evildoer who was crooked. If you've ever looked lustfully at a man or woman who's not your spouse, then you're just as guilty as the adulterer who acts on that lust. The litmus test of whether you're a sinner or not is whether you've obeyed God's commandment in Deuteronomy 6, which which Jesus said was the greatest commandment. Have you loved the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength? If the answer is no, then you have rejected God as the boss because you you have disobeyed his command. This is solid proof that you are guilty of being a sinner. The one who holds the fate of your future will humble you, will bring you down and reject you because you have rejected him. Doing any number of religious activities on the outside doesn't cover up for the sinfulness that is inside your heart. And if you place your confidence in your good deeds or the consequence of your misplaced confidence is an eternity of judgment and suffering in hell, separated from God and all things good. God rejected the Pharisee because he believed in himself rather than depending on God. He thought he could get into heaven without God's help. But the Pharisee couldn't make it, couldn't fake it till he makes it, because God sees what is deep down inside. I used to be like this Pharisee. I grew up in church and I did and said all the right things, like the Pharisee. I even tried to do extra things outside of church to show God that I'm a good person, worthy of being accepted into heaven. I gave money to the poor, I helped my friends when they needed help, and I tried not to break any laws. To others, they saw the good Tony. But what was inside wasn't pure. It was driven by my pride and my desire to please myself. I felt superior to others and I looked down on them because, well, they just weren't as good as me. But this story from Jesus showed me that all the good that I was doing couldn't cover up the biggest flaw in my resume, my sin, my rejection of living God's way. The other parts of my life's resume 
could make up for this gaping hole. Nothing I did on the outside could make up for my hypocrisy and the hidden sin going inside my mind and my heart. The tax collector, he humbled himself and he appealed to God to forgive him because he has nothing that makes him acceptable to God. He begs God to deal with his sin because he can't fix himself or save himself. He understands the depth of his sin and why he's undeserving of forgiveness as he stands before God. He doesn't need to pretend anymore because he understands that God already knows all about him and what he really needs in life. Like the tax collector, you need to see that you have rebelled against God. You have failed to live with God as the boss of your life. All you've done to be a good person is insufficient and unacceptable to God. The only way to be accepted is to humble yourself, to beg for mercy and forgiveness because you are not worthy. The good news of the Bible is that God is not a distant boss who looks down on the unworthy and rejects them. He is merciful to those who turn to him, who humble themselves, like this tax collector. He declares the sinner righteous and acceptable, regardless of how much good or bad that they've done. He offers forgiveness to the unforgivable. He demonstrated his mercy and love by sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ, into the world 2,000 years ago. Jesus humbled himself by becoming human. He lived the perfect life. He never sinned. He never rejected God as the boss. He did everything that was required of him to be a righteous person, both on the outside and the inside. And he humbled himself even further when he died on the cross in a humiliating way. He took the punishment that we deserve for rebelling against the boss of the universe, the punishment of death. Jesus paid the penalty that we needed to pay to make right the wrongs that we've done to God. And that's what Good Friday is about. God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God accepts us not because of what we've done for him, but because Christ gave up his life for us on the cross. Remember how Jesus said that those who humble themselves will be exalted and lifted up? Well, Jesus humbled himself even to the point of death on a cross. But Jesus didn't stay dead. God exalted him by raising him from the dead three days later. And God exalted him again and gave him the authority to be the big boss. That's what Easter Sunday is about. It's God's way of announcing to the world that Jesus was raised to life and Jesus now decides who gets accepted into heaven and who gets rejected and sent to hell. Jesus has a pretty impressive resume, doesn't he? His resume is the only resume that is perfect and has all the right credentials. His perfect life, his perfect obedience, his perfect sacrifice. It meets God's standards, and anyone with a resume that doesn't look like Jesus's will be rejected. You need to have a perfect resume like Jesus's to be accepted by God. And I'm sure none of us come close to having a resume that looks anything like that. 
Perhaps you think that you might have had the good enough resume to be accepted by God, like this Pharisee. Or perhaps you think that you never stood a chance of being acceptable because you know you are a sinner, like this tax collector. Perhaps today you've come to realize that you aren't acceptable to God because you have rejected him. You've lived life your own way, even if you try to convince yourself that it was God's way. You've realized that you can't save yourself. God is reaching out to you today. God is mercifully inviting you to call out to him, to acknowledge that you are a sinner. And he is willing to accept you into heaven, not because of what you've done or haven't done, but because of what Jesus has done on your behalf to make you worthy and acceptable. In God's mercy, he reached out to me. And he showed me that being right with him wasn't about doing the good moral and religious things. Instead, new life comes through Jesus' death and resurrection at Easter. And the transformed life is one that is already justified by God. And so good works, good deeds comes as a result, comes as a response of thankfulness to Jesus. And so I don't need to depend on my good work and my life's resume because I already have Christ's perfect resume. God has transformed my life so I can confidently know that I am acceptable to God. And I know where I'm heading at the end of my life. I no longer feel the need to fake it till I make it because I have already made it by God's mercy. Today is the day that God wants to transform your life. He wants you to stop being confident in yourself, to stop faking it till you make it, and to place your trust in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is offering you his resume today, his perfect and acceptable resume. When you present this resume to God, then you will be accepted. Do you want Jesus' resume today? If you do, how can you accept Jesus' offer? Or like this tax collector, you need to recognize that you are a sinner. To humble yourself and to ask God for mercy and forgiveness and to rely on Jesus' death and resurrection. This is the only means that makes you justified with God to make you declared right with him. Only with Jesus' credentials will you be accepted by God on that last day. If you want to accept Jesus' resume and be accepted and transformed by God today, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. This prayer follows the prayer of the tax collector. It acknowledges that your life's resume is not what makes you acceptable to God. And you declare that you trust that what Jesus has done for you on the cross is enough. Enough for God to justify you and declare you righteous and acceptable to him. And the prayer also asks God to help you to live your new life with God as your boss. Let me read the prayer first. These words are not magical, but rather it's a way of expressing what you've come to believe is true about yourself and about God. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm sorry that I've sinned against you and have lived life my way. Please have mercy on me because I am undeserving of forgiveness. I trust and believe that Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead means that I can receive forgiveness and a new life. 
Please help me to live this new life with thankfulness and good works that pleases you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If this is a prayer that you want to pray today, then as I say this prayer again, please repeat after me in the silence of your heart. God will hear your prayer and know in your heart that you mean it. Please join with me in prayer. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I am sorry that I have sinned against you and have lived life my own way. Please have mercy on me because I am undeserving of forgiveness. I trust and believe that Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead means that I can receive forgiveness and a new life. Please help me to live this new life with thankfulness and good works that pleases you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, if you've prayed this prayer today, well then praise God. You have received a new transformed life in Jesus Christ. And we'd love to know if you've made this decision today so that we can help you to grow in your understanding and love for God as you move forward as one of Jesus' followers. We're going to have a bit of time now as the band gets up to lead us in our our next song. Please use this time to scan the QR code and let us know that you've made this decision to accept Jesus' resume today. Thank you, music team.